Hey, so here's the thing. This is Let's get into this next episode of Fire Force. This is going to be the episode 14 for When the Flames Burn. So in this episode, just to recap on the one before, the city is in like shambles and the evangelist popped up and was like, we're going to wreck your town and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start some shit. So they're in the midst of like the city being burned and everything. Um, Asakusa would be the name of that. And so Asakusa is burning and Benny Maru is with his mentor and things are just moving along rapidly. Like everyone's burning, things are burning, people are on fire, people are fighting each other. It's just a lot of mess. Um, so during this time, he's talking to his mentor, Benny Maru, or is Benny Maru's talking to his mentor. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I can't leave these people. And his mentor is saying, but you kind of have to because that's not my job. Um, they look up to you now, not me. You're the, you know, the hero and the savior. And so then they switch to the scene where... Uh, Arthur and Shinra are fighting, um, what's the guy's name? They're fighting Haran. So Haran is the dude who, in the last episode, ate the infernal bug. And I bet, um, and like I said before, I had a guess, but I was correct. Uh, the infernal bug turns you into a different type of infernal when you eat it. So normally when you get bit by an infernal or the bug bites you, whatever, you just turn into a normal infernal. But apparently eating the infernal bug turns you into a horned infernal, which is called a demon in the anime. Um, so he ate the infernal, and the demon infernal gives you extra powers. Gives you more control over the powers, gives you a boost with the powers. Um, it's just more like the second form. Basically like Super Saiyan 2. So Haran ate the infernal bug, and... Arthur and Shinra are trying to, like, fight him, but they really don't have the power to do that. They're not that skilled yet. They're not there. They're just, they're just not there. Uh, so we switch to the next scene where Yona, the dude who is able to change people's faces with heat, he's able to, you know, heat up the capillaries and lymph nodes and change people's faces, and he was the one who actually created the whole imposter syndrome thing that's going on in this episode. So we switched to that part and he's like, oh, all of this chaos is art, which I thought was very funny because it reminded me of Deidara from Naruto Shippuden. And I was just like, oh, okay, so we have a crazy art dude in this evil subgroup of people who are like the Akatsuki, basically, or the Evangelists or whatever you want to call them. Um, so right after that, Arrow was also fighting um, them at the time. But then she switched Arrow, the one who shoots like fire arrows that never miss or never never miss and always make a direct hit that kills a person. She backed up from the fight and Benny Maru flew in after addressing the town and like building this fire tower. Or like putting like the top of a tower on like stilts and like making it like a rocket launcher, but basically standing on top of it and basically streaming to the whole town, like, hey. You know, there's these imposters everywhere, but we really don't know how to handle that. So what you're going to have to do is fight each other. Everyone's going to have to beat each other up. That's that's what we're going to do. So <laughs> it actually worked, surprisingly. Like, 
it was a smart plan. I just didn't know it was going to get so violent. So they beat each other up. Everything, you know, ended up being great in that sense. The two twins, um, Hikage and Hinata, they turned into like these fire cats. And they were so cute. Like, oh, like, I wish I could have it as one, have one of them as a pet. But like, not a human pet, but like in their fire cat form. But like smaller and more mini version. And be like very kawaii and cute. But anyway, sidetracked. Um, so, Benny Maru decided to fight the Dien Inferno, but he couldn't really do that in the town without destroying everything, because that's his whole, you know, thing, Benny Maru, the destroyer. So, within that next part, um, in the next scene, he decides to, like, shoot the Inferno all the way up in the sky and away from the town, because he needs the space and the, um... You know, the space to able to actually defeat the guy without destroying everything. So while he's doing that and shooting the demon infernal um, Haran up into the sky, Arrow shoots one of her fire arrows directly at him in like a perpendicular, like I want to say 45 degree angle into the sky to hit him. And so that's coming after him. And his mentor, I'm sorry guys, I can't remember his name, but his mentor is screaming out like, oh no, he's going to die. And he screams out for Shinra to like help him. So Shinra like speeds off. Somehow he hears the cry for help like on the other side of the town. So Shinra speeds off and like races after the fire arrow and like stops it. But like it takes like a lot of effort to get there and a lot of effort to speed up and grab that. So he like uses a dolo burst which we'll get into that another time to what that really means. I'll have to do research on that. But he gets into that, what that looks like. He stops it, redirects it somehow, which they're supposed to be, uh, you know, not be able to knock off course. It's supposed to be like a, a hit or, you know, a straight hit, straight shot. They're not supposed to be able to be redirected. But um, Shinra is able to redirect that. So... Because of Shinra being able to stop it, Benimaru was able to use Crimson Moon, which is a move that his mentor used in the previous battle and how he lost his powers before. So this move, he's like um, kind of like eight trigrams, 64 palms, but only with one palm. And like it's a direct, complete like force of power directed during that person's chest or that enemy's chest. And so in this second and in this segment... He was able to do that and it like turned the moon red. In the anime, it looks very pretty. It's like a very pretty, beautiful picture. And the dude, like the Haran, the fire guy, or not the fire, the infernal, he like explodes. Like, not even explodes. He like disintegrates into nothingness. And it was just so amazing. And then, like, Benimar used all his power to do that. And. Because of that, he wasn't able to, like, fly anymore or use his, like, pyrokinesis to use his feet like a rocket or whatever he was doing. So then Shinra, because he was already up there, ended up catching him. And then, like, they fell to the ground. And they are cleaning up everything, like, in the next scene. And the fight was over. The evangelist, like, escapes and lives to another day. And I'm thinking that we're going to see Arrow somehow be, like, the informant, informative person on the... um in the team of the evangelist that gives Shinra hints about stuff going on and going forward with the evangelist because they want to eventually recruit him at some point. Kind of like how, you know, 
kind of like how Sasuke was kind of recruited into the Akatsuki with Orochimaru and Itachi and all of these things. Um, so, wow, I just realized that's the, kind of the same, same thing that's going on. Like, Itachi was in the Akatsuki, and then that's how they lured um, Sasuke into that. And then with the Evangelist, his brother is in the Evangelist, and that's how they're probably going to try and lure, lure Shinra into it. But anyway, that's just for the future. So in this episode, in the very end, you know, they meet up with the seventh, um, the eighth and the seventh meet at the, you know, at Benny Mara's home. And they drink, you know, uh, sake as a, like a friendly gesture. And like they're friends now and that's going to be going forward. They're like, oh, um, OB is like, oh, if you need, you know, any help or if I need help, we call on each other because we're friends now. And the, you know, seventh and the eighth are welcome at each other's places and blah, blah, blah. So it wrapped up really nicely. It's very cute. It was a very cute little ending. Very action-packed episode. I'm thinking that the next episode is going to be more chill. It's going to be more, like, informative in a sense. Or we're going to get more in-depth with, like, what is going on at Central. Or, you know, with the Central Fire Force. Um, and, and, you know, in the first, in the Holy Temple. Um, we're we're going to get more away from the outskirts. And get more back to the central of the story. And see what's going on there. Um... Other than that, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with that episode. It did come out today. I just really didn't have a chance to watch it because I've been doing a lot of other things going forward. Like, you know, personal things. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And tune in next time to the next podcast with Fire Force. The next one, I'll be talking about My Hero Academia. That was way packed episode. I'm very excited to talk about that one because there's a lot of stuff that happened with that. And then right after um, My Hero, we'll be talking about Black Clover. So, you know, guys, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. It'd be islandvibe5 for Instagram, islandvibe05 for Twitter. And I thank you guys so much for listening. And again, if you, there's any animes that you want to want me to watch and review, again, I'm always open to suggestions. If there's any other topics or things you want to talk about, again, send them my way. We'll definitely get into it. So, you know, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And tune in later. So, here's the thing. Let's get into this next episode of, you know, um, My Hero Academia. So, this would be My Hero Academia Season 4, Episode 3, Boy Meets. So, in this episode, just to recap the last one, Deku and Togata reached at the agency that Night Eye is in, um, Sir Night Eye. And Togata introduced Deku to Sir Night Eye. So, in this episode, Deku... When he first meets Sir Nai, he makes the whole, you know, impression of All Might. And Sir Nai takes offense to that. So in this one, Deku and Nai, once, you know, he took offense, he cleared up saying, oh no, I was just like trying to admire him and explains everything. And so they banter back and forth as fangirls for, you know, a good two or three minutes about All Might. And then it switched to the scene where... Deku says, like, oh, I want to be, you know, here in the agency. And Night Eye saying, oh, it's not like your week-long internship. It's more intensive and more, um, you know, long stat, longer. And it's it's a much more in, um, integrative thing versus just that week-long internship thing that they were doing. So it's more like a few months, several, a while, a very much longer time to get to know you and train you as a hero. So because of that, 
Night Eye sitting at his desk and Deku's across the desk and he says, do you have the application for like the hero stamp and the, the, for the, you know, internship? And then he's like, so with this stamp, it becomes official that you're working here. Now, Night Eye doesn't actually stamp his application. He instead says that Deku has three minutes to take the stamp from him and then he would employ him. Now, at this time, he told... So before that, a while ago, if you don't know about Sir Nair's quirk, he can he has the gift of foresight. And this works. There's conditions that have to be met before. So so beforehand, he like patted Deku on the head or the shoulder. I can't remember exactly which one because it was like a week ago. So he patted Deku and that condition is him having to touch the victim and he'll be able to see their life and what's going on for the next hour. So his quirk lasts for a good hour and he'll be able to see what's going on with that person's life. So during this time, so here's the thing, let's get into this next episode of My Hero Academia, season four, episode three, Boy Meets. So in the last episode, just to recap, Deku and Togata came to the agency to meet Sir Nai. And in this next episode, um, you know, Deku and I banter as fangirls of All Might. And this is like, you know, right after Deku gave his impersonation of All Might, of like what he thinks All Might would look like. And Sir I was like, that's not an appropriate, you know, reaction of, of All Might. And then Deku was like, well, no, this is a very specific reiteration of Sir All Might where his eyebrows or eye creases were like three millimeters apart versus some other standard 0.6 millimeters apart that's it was just very weird that they knew such specifics about all might but whatever they're fangirls i get it so then in the next scene so not i was saying why should i hire you what about you a special um there are other people who are more worthy of um one for all versus you know you and he's basically 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 implying that togata is a much better suitor for all might's power than deku is and that he doesn't see what all might sees in deku to be able to make him a successor so then he basically said to deku you have three minutes to take this stamp from me and the stamp has to do with the application so deku presented so not i with the application and Sir Nai I said, with this seal of approval from the stamp, you'd be officially working in my employ. And he gives him the three minutes. And then at that time, he tells Togata and Bubble Girl to leave the room. And he says, don't. And he's like, all right, so three minutes starts once, you know, I hit the timer or whatever. Once the clock hits, once the clock hits whatever time. And he says, don't worry about the room. Don't worry about any of this. It can all be replaced. So you have three minutes. Go all out. Try and get this stamp for me. Now, Sir Night Eye, his quirk allows him the gift of foresight. So you know how hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, foresight is twenty twenty as well, because it just allows you to see what happens in the future. So the conditions have to be met to, for him to be able to use his ability on you. And I guess one of his conditions is the physical touch of that person who he's going to use his quirk on. And Deku didn't know about this previously. He doesn't know about the conditions, Matt. He just knows about his quirk and the quirk that Sonai is able to use. So Sonai, I patted Deku on the head or hit him on the shoulder, one of the two, 
and was able to activate his quirk. And his quirk lasts for about an hour. He can see what's going on in the person's life um, going forward. So then, you know, Deku is jumping around the room like a, you know, ghetto or not ghetto because that's the wrong word to use, but like a more like a bootleg Gran Torino, an improv Gran Torino jumping around the room using his moves. And none of them are working because, you know, Sir Nai is able to see each move he has made within that for the next hour and so. And so it kind of like feels bad for Deku because he was like going on and on, basically predicting every single thing that would happen. And he was like, oh, in the next two minutes or so, you're going to be on the floor slumped over and like crying or whatever. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and then Deku was like, I'm All Might's successor. Da, 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 and he like put his real power into it. And then at the end, Sir Night I realized that Deku, even with jumping around the room and trying his hardest, still managed to avoid every single picture of All Might. And for some reason, that changed his mind. I think it changed his mind because he saw that Deku has the ability to analyze his opponent while he's fighting them and keep coming up with a better and better plan. So eventually he'll find a way to beat them. And I think that's the reason why he finally saw what All Might saw, but he didn't see it fully. Um, so Night Eye really chose Midoriya because of his constant analysis skills and the ability to make, and he also wanted him to eventually see that he should give up one for all to um, Togata. So then that scene ends and we get to, the, and this is like a good maybe 15, 10 minutes of the episode. And in the next scene, we go back to the school with Tokoyam, with um, Aizawa bursting open the door of the dorms and telling Tokoyami with his quirk of dark shadow that he's going to be with the number three pro hero Hawk who was also like another bird type, who I guess his powers might be somewhat similar to Dark Shadows, or he's just related to him in some way to where he'll be able to really teach him how to use his quirk better. And then Karishima, who is able to use Harden, who's, I really like his quirk a lot. Um, so Amajiki from the big three told him that they wanted to see him the next day to, you know, train him, I guess, about his quirk. And then... Haro wants, also from the big three, I believe, wants to see Araka and um, Asui, the, you know, frog girl, and then Araka-chan from, you know, the one who can make things float. Um, so then, that's pretty much the episode. This episode was really more of a, you know, it's only the third episode of this season, so it wasn't very, you know, action-packed based, except for the fight with All Might. I mean, not the fight, but the you know, a little engagement, I guess, with Sir Night Eye and Deku. And that's pretty much the biggest thing that happened in this episode. Um, we did get a preview of the next episode where Overhaul was able to, you know... So we got in this episode before that, actually, just to give you a recap. So in this episode, they were talking about what's going to happen next and what their job would be as, you know, the ones in the Sir Night Eye Detective Agency. So they're supposed to be investigating Shiai Hasekai, who is basically the name of Overhaul. Um, and they're investigating like what they're up to and what they're doing and all of that type of thing. And just keeping an eye on them. 
So then we get a preview of the next episode where Eri, who I'm guessing is either Overhaul's sister or sister in the organization of some sort, or he's in charge of her or something like that, was running from Overhaul. Um, and she runs into Deku. And then Deku is trying to like save her at some point, And we're going to go see like their interaction with him finally meeting Overhaul and see how that's going to go. And then there's also the preview of Sir Night-Eye seeing his quirk. Um, Sir Night-Eye using his quirk on All Might. And that is hinted at one of the reasons as to why All Might chose Deku. Because Sir Night-Eye said if you choose... Basically the vision or whatever Sir, Sir Night-Eye gave to All Might prompted him to choose someone completely different from what the vision gave him to try to avoid death which is probably one of the reasons why he chose Midoriya, aside from Midoriya's wanting to be a hero so badly. Now, we're not too sure about that, but the episode does air tomorrow, so I will be watching that very well and very closely to see what's going on with that. And I'm very excited to see how it's going to go, because it's going to be very interesting to see if that's really the case, because that might cause a rift between All Might and Midoriya. And if that is the case, then... Whew! Things are going to get very interesting this season, and I hope that Midoriya is able to not take it too much to heart and really get to the heat of the moment and, and you know, get to the, the meat of what's going on so that he's not too, um, you know, overwhelmed or overreacting in a sense that would be detrimental to his growth as a hero. But, you know, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next time where we'll be um, reviewing the next episode of Black Cobra that recently came on. And, you know, follow me on Instagram. This will be Island505 Island and Twitter, which will be Island505. I thank you guys so much for listening. And again, tune in next time. If there's anything you guys wanted to talk about or any other animes you wanted me to watch and review, again, send me some messages, Instagram or Twitter. And then if there's any other topics in general that you want us to talk about, again, we can go from there. Thank you guys so much. It was great talking to you. Goodbye. All right, so here's the thing. Let's get into this next episode of Black Clover. So in this episode, we have the battle for Clover Castle. And just to recap, in the last episode, we had um, Rade's, Sally, and Valtos appear after leaving the I the Midnight Sun hideout. And they decided, oh, okay, well... Since Paltry, or the guy who's doubling as Lich, the one who's um, you know, sharing the body with William Vengeance of the Golden Dawn, the captain of the Golden Dawn. So they got resurrected because of um, Rodis's, I guess, zombie magic, or whatever you want to call it. So anyway, they appeared um, to the Black Bulls once they were trying to save some children, you know, save some villagers from some of, like, insignificant elves. And then... The they appeared and Asta like strong armed Valtos into helping. They got Sally to help by promising her that she could do experiments on Asta. And then Valtos mostly agreed because he wanted to see like if everything that he learned was a lie and he just wanted to find out the truth and go from there. Um, so then we get into the opening scene of the episode where the house of Vaud comes before the king, the Clover King, and he's like you know, trying to plead with him about the marriage of their daughter, of, like, the, um, the Kira's daughter, the House of Kira, the royal daughter, um, to be married to the next House of Vaud. But the problem is that their oldest, I mean, the youngest son, the one 
who's Finral's brother. I can't remember his name because he annoys me and I just didn't bother learning it because he aggravated my soul. Um, so his brother is like, they basically go, oh, well, your brother has been like, you know, the one has been accused of being like a traitor and da da da. So you're going to like kind of be stripped of your title and how could they marry? How could I have my daughter marrying into your house and blah, blah, blah. So then <clears throat> we cut to the next scene where um, they're, you know, talking about the three great royal families being the Kira, Vermilion, and Silva, which is Noel's family, the Silva, Kira being, the, I guess, the royal family, and then Vermilion being, you know, the fire ones. Um, so then we cut to Nozzle and Noel coming with the rest of the, um, I've, not the I of the Minutes, coming with the rest of the Clover Kingdom Knights, Magic Knights, and they're running up, um, they're coming to the royal capital to stop them. And then in the scene before that, we have Finral and Yami running with, um, running toward the royal castle, trying to stop the attack, fighting some of the elves. And then Jack the Ripper, the green praying mantis's um, king, um, not king, the green praying mantis's captain, he comes and uses his like shears or whatever. Basically, like, Survivor, like a Pokemon, using those, that type of attack, cutting through everything that he can, um, and they're enjoying the fight, fighting everyone, and then I'm guessing Finral's learning to read key or something, because they made a point to, like, say he's getting better, and reading between, like, the attacks and seeing the attacks happening, and so I guess they're learning, they're getting the hang of fighting the magical elves, because they don't move in the same way that the normal magic knights that they are friends with move. So then in the next scene, we have, um, you know, the one, one elf breaking into the Silva home um, and they're killing like all the royals and then they're killing all the peasants as well. And he has like this magic compass or that's the move that this particular elf was able to use in this body of the person. And the magic compass is basically a spell that allows them to redirect any magical attack in any cardinal direction. So they're able to redirect it north, south, east, or west. And then they're walking through the house, killing everyone. And they get to um, the room with Solid and Nebra, who are Noel's older siblings, but they're the middle two they're the two middle children of um, the Silva family. So it goes Noel, and then I believe solid then nebra and then nozzle um and then nebra is you know talking to silver i mean solid and he's like and she's like oh how could you lose to noel ha 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 like you must have been dumb or you must have like been on something or basically implying that noel wouldn't be able to beat um him without some type of handicap and then i don't know why but for some weird reason, I was just like, how do none of the royals in the houses, like, know what's going on? Like, why is it still, like, like, the Eye of the Midnight Sun has been attacking for maybe a several hours or maybe a day now. It, it's been a while. It's been a couple episodes where we've seen the attacks going on. So, like, why are the ones in the royal capital still not aware of, like, what's going on? And just, it just seems like, you know, thinking they would be, like, these great magic knights and also nobility that they would have a heads up and know what's going on. But I guess, hey, the chains of command and communication are scattered as hell because even the ones, even the magic knights that were guarding the royal castle had no idea what was going on. So that was interesting to me, but whatever. And then the 
magic compass elf breaks into the room and basically solid is useless and then nebra tries to do like some magic water clones to crap and they see right through it and just stab her and she falls to the ground and that was hilarious and then noel comes in along with um nozzle and they basically stand against them and noel's able to get an attack through when Nebra and Solid couldn't, so then they're like, oh, wow, I guess Noelle is actually powerful, but they're still not wanting to really admit it. And then Nozzle is like, Noelle, let's show her, let's show this person what, you know, we can do as the Silva family. And that's basically what's going on with that family. So right before that scene, there was a funny part where, like, Nozzle came with the rest of the Magic Knights, and, like, Zora jumped off, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about the Royals, but I'm just gonna do what I do. And then... Someone asked Yami, who died and made him boss. And I can't remember who did that, but it was so funny because I'm guessing in the next episode, we're going to see the fact that some some of the people are going to learn that the, um, the Magic King, you know, the Clover King, whatever, the one who, the actual king, not the one who's the figurehead, but the one who, um, Novo Chrono, the one who has the time magic, we're going to find out that he's actually dead. Or I guess the actual characters are going to find out that he's dead. Um, At least maybe the top senior magic knights are going to find out. But it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to do that. I'm very interested to see how they're going to reform the Black Clover um, magic, the Clover Kingdom's magic knights. Because there's going to be there's so much crap that's happening like like they don't have time to focus on that but like who's going to be the next magic king who's going to be you know the next captain of things how are things going to be arranged going forward because i'm pretty sure they're going to have to do away with this system of like the royals are crap and i mean the peasants are crap and the royalty's always only the ones that are worthy especially because the black bulls have been rising in nobility and notoriety around the town and around the kingdom and especially since they just saved that whole town from like three elves. So that's going to be a very good, interesting thing to see. I'm very, very happy that, you know, Noelle is getting some character development and that she might be able to, you know, reform the relationship with her family and probably end up learning one of her mother's spells as well. And then going from there, um, I'm not too sure if the father is dead or not. We haven't really seen him, but it would be very interesting to see the father as well and then I low-key don't want Noelle to forgive her family at all. Like, I want her to be so powerful that they they have to cede the house to her. And then she kicks them all out. Like, I, I want that to happen. But that's just me being petty. But, like, they really don't deserve forgiveness because they're completely awful to her. Like, no. Like, no. She doesn't deserve any of that. And I'm just very happy to see where the episode is going to go and where the series is going to go. Thank you so much. This is just my recap on battle for clover castle the black clover episode follow me on instagram this would be island vibe 5 or twitter this would be island vibe 05 and i can't wait for you guys to tune in next time we listen to the next one